Welcome to this episode of Nuance, a podcast that encourages Christ followers to live faithfully at work, especially in regard to the hot topics of the public square. This season, we're exploring the ever-growing issue of gender identity. As Christ followers, we have to do better and be better, while confidently knowing that the gospel speaks to our most difficult conversations. My name is Case Thorpe. On behalf of my co-host, Crossland Stewart, and myself, welcome to Nuance. Welcome, friends, to this episode of Nuance. Here in Season 2, we are looking at the gender debate and hoping to equip Christ Center professionals as you go to work, as you lead well, and as you bear winsome Christian witness, we want to help equip you in that direction. So today, rather than a wrap-up afterwards, Crossland and I, my co-host, we've decided to do a bit of a prologue to sort of set the table, if you will. Today, we speak with two human resource professionals, HR directors at their companies, and um, we found the conversation so very interesting and even challenging to some of our own perspectives and just a great growing experience. And one of the big takeaways for me was that we are early in this conversation. A lot of companies haven't fleshed out policies or begun to think as deeply through all the various scenarios that might be there, and that every company is at a different place. Some have moved way down the line, perhaps through advocacy by their own employees or by particular circumstances. And while the numbers historically have been quite, quite low in society for those that might identify uh, with a different sexuality or uh, struggle with gender dysphoria, they are rapidly on the increase. And so we chose to talk to HR professionals because we think that HR and other company leaders are really going to have to, in the next years, begin to think very seriously about such things. Barna reports that 20% of Gen Z adults uh, profess to be LGBTQ or I. And um, I know certainly with my children, they are well aware of the various options, especially when it comes to gender that are out there. And even in this post-COVID era, we've seen a bit of a bump in the uh, numbers of students proclaiming to be uh, opposite gender from their birth. And it's trendy in some ways, but it's also a real reality. And so speaking with our HR professionals just clarified a lot of these things, even for ourselves. Yeah, Case, and I, there are a couple other things that I think would be helpful for people to kind of keep in mind. Um, and that is, is that this is a really hard issue. Uh, I mean, I've had several people go, why are you doing this? And I went, well, we don't know all the answers, but we know we need to be talking about it. And maybe this podcast season of Nuance will help people and kind of move the conversation along and maybe encourage people to put their toe in the water, so to speak. Um, part of the reason it's really difficult is because we forget we are image bearers. All of humanity is. And as a result of that, everybody deserves honor and respect, uh, regardless of how they're dressed and how they talk and how that may or may not offend you. 
so we need to just keep that in mind. This is a really hard topic. And then when you start thinking about what are the policies that ought to govern companies and organizations, it gets even and all more over the map. difficult. Oh, all over the map. Yes. Because as we'll, as you will see, this issue comes to companies unevenly. Mm. It hasn't, you know, some companies kind of have their hair on fire because it's a really big issue. And then other companies don't. Um, and that doesn't mean they're not concerned about it. It's just because of where things are. And then finally, um, I think you'll hear in the discussion, these two HR professionals desire to seek wisdom. Mm. Um, they really long not to have a knee-jerk reaction, um, which in many cases, a knee-jerk reaction can be thoughtless, but rather to be thoughtful. An example of that will be when Nate talks about uh, the culture of pause. Loved that. That they try to talk about in their company. So good. And um, I think that will serve them really well as they move into the future and along this road. And so um, we just thought that having a little bit of discussion ahead of the interview would really help set the table, as Case mentioned earlier, uh, for folks. And so uh, we just wanted to bring out these ideas for you. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, friends, back to this episode of Nuance. My name is Case Thorpe. And today we are continuing in our conversation about the gender debate in today's world and wanting to equip Christ-centered professionals in the uh, nuances, if you will, of this conversation. Uh, but more than just from a theological or a sociological perspective, today we want to sort of look at some of the legal realities and how even human resource directors and officers are helping to manage the workplace no matter the culture or atmosphere that may be in that workplace, we've got legal expectations as well as just uh, good teamwork. And so I'm very uh, glad today uh, to be joined with my co-host, Crossland Stewart, and our two guests are Amy Line and Nate Shannon. Amy and Nate, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So Amy uh, is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Second Harvest Food Bank of Central Florida oversees about 160 employees. And I'm happy to say Amy is a Gotham fellow from the class of 2018. Go Gotham. Yeah, right, Amy? <laughs> you can uh, maybe do a little commercial for us on Gotham Fellowship. Sure, sure. Nate is the Director of People Operations at iServe Management Group, oversees about 1,500 employees who work in uh, the food industry, Sonny's Barbecues, Jeremiah's Ice, Symmetry Coffee and, and other places. Um, both Amy and Nate are past presidents of the Greater Orlando Society for Human Resource Management. And so I'm grateful to have these great experts with us. And um, Amy and Nate, y'all are friends. Y'all uh, have known each other professionally for many years. And so I'm, I'm glad that we've got both of you together. Crossland, going to hand it off to you. Great. Amy and Nate, thank you again for doing this. Uh, you both are in the people business. One of you is in the nonprofit world and the others in the for-profit world. And whether it's business or service, I know we can become hyper-focused on goals, but your job is to make sure no one loses sight of the people who have committed to linking arms for the sake of the mission, whether it's business or organization. So as we begin, 
we would love for our audience to get to know each of you a little bit better. So you could take a couple of minutes and talk about how did you get into this kind of work? Okay, sure, sure. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, I'm just really pleased to be able to do this. So um, I, um, I'm what I always call myself a bit of a late bloomer educationally. I finished my degrees uh, well into 30s, maybe even almost 40. And uh, it was kind of in this organizational management space. And that got me into human resources. So I had a couple of different roles along the way. And this idea of serving the city kept coming into my heart, I guess. And um, it's at one point, we, my husband and I had moved to Florida into Orlando area. And um, I was falling in love with the idea that I could somehow be a part of serving the city through my profession. And so uh, I've been at Second Harvest for 10 years now. And that really, um, for me was that moment where I got to do that. And um, I'm in the background, right? I'm not out out in the front doing the work all the time, but I'm serving the people that are serving that work. And so um, it just felt like I really could use my profession for the good of the community. And, and I will put my plug in for Gotham along the way that that really helped um, give some legs to what mm. that might look like. And Amy, you were uh, formerly at one of the coolest places in town. Tell us where you worked previously. Sure. So I have to give them um, the credit for helping me get to Florida. So for six years, I was the human resources manager with Cirque du Soleil Ooh. at the show at Lanuva <laughs> that used to be at what was downtown Disney. Now it's Disney Springs, yeah. a new show there. But um, that helped me get to Florida for one, but it also... It was just an incredible experience to meet people um, who are at the, the top of their profession from around the world. Mm. So and I understand you really help sometimes with the the splits <laughs> and the bending over backwards. That you, you are very talented. Yeah, then you don't know me then, Case. That's a new thing. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was bendy on, on that way we we're going to um, implement some rules, but I wasn't very bendy. Talk about liability on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Nate, tell us about your journey. I uh, was working in the hospitality space through high school and college and graduated and, and needed to make a decision on whether I went into public relations or stay in the hospitality business and, and opted to, to go where I had the experience. And I, um, I saw what the industry was doing to management in, in the hospitality industry, their hours, their their health, their relationships, and that sort of thing. So I, I knew pretty early on I wanted to do something different and uh, found mm -hmm. I had a knack for training early on. And I, I, I jokingly told folks that I was hiring a lot of folks. I must not have been very good early on because I couldn't keep folks. So I was always hiring and therefore always training. And, and um, yeah, that, uh, that created an opportunity for me to cross into human resources at some point early on. Uh, you know, I wasn't a traditionally trained human resources guy. So I, um, I, I felt like I had a lot to prove there in those early years, but now I've come to realize that having that kind of operations experience uh, is, is actually a good thing that we, we talk about now. So that's how my, my journey started in human resources. So Nate, moving from operations then to HR, it seems to me in some ways like your mission evolves because as an HR professional, you, you've got to manage company assets, protect them, see that they're functional, but then also advocate for employees and help maybe the company recognize the, the human factor sometimes. 
So I'd love to hear from each of you, like, what is your view of people? How do you see the, the field in front of you in your employees? Yes, I think about this question. I think about Sherm, you know, the, 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 the governing body for our profession who, and Amy, I'm not sure if you've heard the same thing, but it's always been business first and people a close second. And, uh, and Sherm stands for? Uh, Society for Human Resource Management. Okay. And um, we, I, I struggle with that. I always have. I continue to struggle with, with what that looks like. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes equate it to what I, th- I think us men are supposed to do. And, and speaking of our faith and how we're supposed to lead our families and be right up under God. And, and, and then therefore everything else, when we do that, everything else kind of comes in alignment. So I kind of view it that way. I really, I, I, I think it's, I t- try to take a similar view on, on how we, we view our, our, our folks. If, I, if I'm aligned with how God views our people, uh, things really take take care of themselves, and and um, I started seeing God show up in my work in in uh, 2017, and and um, and that came in the form of contentment. You know, I just kind of got stagnant at that particular point, and that began this sort of uh, pursuit of business and Bible for me about that time, and I uh, found that there were actually some people, uh, including Amy, already doing some some work in that space, which was was really neat to see, and that all kind of built up to me joining iServe in 2020. That um, you know, here were five owners that. We're leading our business from a faith perspective, and um, it, it's 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 really cool when you just view people that way. And if I found myself less concerned in the human resources world of all the legal stuff out there because I felt like mm. they're all just trying to catch up with what God wants us to be doing with our people anyway, and that's loving and caring for people. And when you when you take that kind of approach, um, it, it things just sort of work themselves out. So I'm very very blessed to to have the uh, to to be where I'm at and to see how how God worked in that journey for, for me. And Nate, I imagine your perspective and leadership in that is uh, no different if one of your workers is a Christian or a non-Christian, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I have this thing I like to tell them after I go over sort of our cultural uh, overview is that, hey, even if you don't believe the same, I want you to see this as good news for you. You know, pun, pun intended. <laughs> uh, look at that. Look at that. I caught it. I caught it. So, Amy, how do you, how do you see people? Thank you for asking the question again, because I was like, all right, what am I answering here? Um, <laughs> you know, and it's it, it's always interesting to me because I'm in a nonprofit and I, I realize I feel like the for profit world. Maybe doesn't think that the nonprofit world thinks like a business and and we do um, mm-hmm. to the degree that uh, we need to in order to be successful and sustainable in what we do. And so there's. There is always this balance of, and particularly in our role, that um, we are charged with protecting the assets of the organization, or so that's protecting towards something or protecting from something. So we want to do things in the right way from a legal perspective, of course, um, and that's how we protect the company. And in a sense, I for sure that that same way we're protecting the company by doing things that meet our legal obligations. We're protecting the employees as well Um, for us. And and every time I do some training around sexual harassment or discrimination, um, I tell the people that I'm talking to, we're, we're following the law, but our values, our mission and vision are, are above that. Um, we certainly comply with the law, but we treat people a certain way because of what we believe about those people. And um, we are not um, a Christian organization um, at, at, in any 
aspect. We have a lot of people who are of faith at, as employees and then our partners in the organization that are from churches. But we have many different faiths represented, both as a employee group, but also the, the agencies who get their food from us or the programs that we have in place. We have people from a lot of different faiths. So those values uh, cross all those lines. And just simply the way we intend to treat one another, um, from my perspective, is about the fact that we are all image bearers. And so that that's what drives my um, work and my intention. Um, I'm also aware, though, that there are other people who are not of the Christian faith, and their their motive for those values may be represented a little differently. But but that's very much a part of who we are. I hope that made sense. That you that's know great. we, yeah. Well, you know, I would think that for both of y'all, how you view people is foundational to the gender identity issue, which I assume is really dominating your worlds right now. And so what are some foundational principles that you think that companies or organizations should keep in mind um, that would help frame the issues for them? Um, And this is really y'all's opinion. It's not necessarily what your company is doing, or maybe it is, but just, uh, it'd be great to hear y'all talk about that. I feel like this is the, the one where I'm like, hmm, what, what do I have to say about this? Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot. And again, that image bearer idea keeps coming back to me. Um, That's I'm, huge, I'm, I think. It, it is. And I've been reading some Tim Keller and, um, Gosh, I, I don't even know if I still have the right way to articulate this, but, you know, as an organization, you're there because you're, you're producing or serving something, some product, some service, some good. That's why the organization exists, um, initially at least, right? And, and how they choose to do that within, within the community. Um, so I think for, for, for me and, and really for Second Harvest, we are very much on a journey um, around the ideas of diversity, equity, and inclusion and what that means. Um, there's been a lot going on for us since um, uh, the summer of 2020 with everything that was happening. Um, so we, we really are asking ourselves deep questions about how we should interact with everyone and how we should treat all people. Um, I personally have not had to, I have not had to work through some gender identity issues in my workplace at this point. Um, but I don't think that it's, it's never going to happen. I think it will happen. And and so I have to start with this idea of image bearers. Mm. We are all image bearers. And so, and I know we're going to get to this love your neighbor question a little later on, but it, I, I guess for me, I'm starting there and, and still wrestling through whether or not I think someone is living a life that God's called us to. And I include myself in that space. Am I living the life God's meant for me to live? No matter what I think about that, I'm called to love people and and um, bring about, you know, you know, my favorite word. I'm, I'm meant to bring about flourishing in this 
place in this time as best I can. So, right. Um, it's a wrestling all the time. Are, are your societies, uh, like y'all were at the Greater Orlando Society for Human Resource Management, are, are there discussions at that level about how to lead in these um, debates? I think there can be, yeah. We usually, there's monthly meetings and topics, and, and so there's definitely um, people writing about it and people talking about it for sure. Nate, you were nodding yes. Yes, I, I believe there are. Um, and as you might suspect, those are uh, all, they're, they're primarily about inclusion, right, Amy? I mean, it's just uh, they be, yeah. you know, just whatever we need to do to make sure we, we have a clu- an inclusive environment for, for everybody. It's, if I had to generalize the reaction of the society and, and beyond. Yeah. So, Nate, have you seen in your company uh, gender debate issues arise? We've, um, I would say, I don't know that it's dominating. I would say we're on, we're on high alert. That was really the, the response I, I have to that. I, uh, we've had a few bubble up, but as I mentioned, and I think Amy just uh, reiterated too, when you, you have sort of this uh, love and, and care approach for, for people, you feel like that stuff is going to work it, itself out. Um, we, we've, internally, we talk about not having to agree with the choices that our, our, our team members make you know, that they, um, they like us, you know, have a chance to, um, uh, find, find their way and, and, uh, and, uh, maybe make different choices da- down the road. I, I've, I've reminded of a, a couple of things the parable of the weeds came up and I have had to look it up and let us both grow together until the harvest kind of thing. I give everybody an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to figure this thing out. And, uh, so even though we, uh, we may not agree, we were not to, to, to judge, but, um, you know, I get to teach the culture presentation, as I said, and, you know, it's uh, one of the things I, I, I guess a, a real commonly accepted definition of culture is, is how we as an organization respond to work life issues. And we've got a uh, we've got a team chaplain program internally. So all of our sunnies have got a team chaplain assigned to them. And, you know, those are responding to some of those hard questions and, and debates and, and things that, that are happening to folks in their lives. My, my team is not equipped to go answer or field all the time. So those team chaplains are often there to, to fill that gap for us, which is, is, uh, is very cool. Mm-hmm. Are either of you seeing in your uh, workplaces uh, issues such as pronouns, expecting such things on people's emails, or even when it comes to choosing an insurance plan and the way in which uh, medical services are covered or not? Um, the, the issue of like using pronouns and, um, it's very present in, um, I would say our food bank, but also in the larger network of food banks around the country, Feeding America, we're a part of that group. So it's very much there, but it's also, again, if we're being inclusive, that would include the people who don't want to do that. So, um, it's, Is that it's an option? there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And that's one of the, and I, I, it's just constant learning is, um, how to do this in a way that includes everyone and, and doesn't exclude or, or excludes no one. I'm going to say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're definitely there. And now I've forgotten the second part of your question already. Uh, medical insurance. Oh, um, ours is just follows what constitutes a legal marriage. So whatever that might be, which in, includes, um, same sex partners at mm-hmm. spouses at this point. So, yeah. But I'm thinking in particular to, uh, medical services for transitioning oh, and how that I, might impact 
Yeah, I don't think ours includes that right now. We we have the kind of a plan that we could talk about it though if we ever needed to. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not aware of the cost and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Nate, what are y'all experiencing? Yeah, we're uh, we're similar with regards to the medical side of things. Uh, the, regarding the pronouns, you know, it, it we we chosen not to, to join that narrative. Um, I, I know it is very present. I see it outside of my work, but uh, it's just, it, 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 and we, we've taken this stance with other social um, related matters that have come up that have been a, a bit touchy. You know, we've, we've chosen that we, we, we recognize sometimes there's a risk of not sharing your perspective and, yeah. and uh, with that, but we, we've chosen not to jump into every every immediate thing that, that comes up and, and, and to, to take a stance or a position on and, and uh, again, keeping it, keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. It really does take wisdom, doesn't it? I have found myself waffling because our work in the collaborative is obviously so much about faith and work and the value of uh, companies and businesses and entrepreneurs in the fabric of social society. And where then does the prophetic voice help? Where does it hinder? Where does it distract? Where do you perhaps get encouragement slash pressure from your own employees. And um, it, it takes wisdom, I think, for each owner or leader in, in business to to walk that line. Can you give us an example, Nate, of where y'all had to do that? Yeah, I think um, we have another thing that goes around our, our company, and that's uh, this culture of pause. I actually get I get kidded about it quite a bit because it's it's it, we're in a very fast moving industry with a lot of fast decision makers and Fast food. Fast. Well, no, I, I hope we're not too fat, too terribly fast. But yeah, it's it's. I, I learned early on that you know us, us HR types, especially my my personal uh, approach to things, is I want to kind of slow things down and I want to have the, the facts and make good decisions. And I think that's part of what we're tasked to do. But uh, just implementing this culture of pause and having uh, multiple folks uh, be involved. And you know, I think there was uh, proverbs that tell us about the upsides and uh, and the victory and plans with many advisors and and. Uh, I think about that often as we've got to make big decisions in response to things that are going on. And even in some of the day-to-day -day stuff with regards to someone's employment with us. Um, so we let that guide what we're doing. And it seems as though these fast decision makers are really buying into it. And they're seeing the upside to that. So it's, it's been, been fun to watch. I love that idea. I think there's real wisdom in it. And to me, what it does is it allows you to thoughtfully respond to something should you choose to jump in where I think in any number of cases things like adding the pronoun stuff to footers mm. almost is kind of low-hanging fruit and lets a company check a box that hey we're doing the inclusive thing when really it's more about checking the box than it is about having a thoughtful response and you know that seems to be a pretty easy one but um, uh, one thought is, is that, you know, as Christians, we believe in the Imago Dei. We've already talked about it in this commandment of love thy neighbor, um, and that these apply to all people. So specifically in your world, uh, for your companies and organizations, what might that look like? Uh, I think it would help people get sort of a visual, um, to hear specific examples on that. Well, I can start. I, again, I've, I've just been thinking about this a lot and um, 
I, you know, I have some Christian friends who kind of have that. If I don't say something that indicates I agree. And, um, I've wrestled with this idea that Jesus doesn't need my help in, in a lot of ways. He doesn't need me to jump in and let people know all the problems. And again, I just look at in the mirror a few times and I realize I, I got plenty of work to do on my own for this, but, <laughs> um, you know, and, and then again, I, this idea of being image bearers and that, um, this, this, piece of Keller's that I've been reading that, and I'm sure Case assigned it to us at one point. I'm sure that's where I got it. <laughs> why God, made, why God made cities. And me, me assign a reading. Why? I know. Right. I know, um, I know. You know, Keller talks about cities in, in um, the old Testament cities were places of refuge. You go there to, to be safe. And now I'm sure we could all say, well, cities aren't as safe as we would like them to be. And that's true. But for the person who doesn't fit in that small place, they go to the city. So the, and Keller will say the artists and the young people and the outcasts and people that don't fit in this larger place, they'll go to the city. And I, I just keep thinking that if we really want to create a place where people can flourish and see the love of God, we have to create places that are safe for people, even if we don't agree with them all the time. And, um, what does that look like in an organization if people are welcome and 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 really welcome, not just tolerated, but really welcome? How do I do that and love God wholly and and pursue holiness for myself? And um, so, you know, I end up with a lot of questions, but I I keep thinking that's what I've been charged to do is create an organization or be part of an organization that welcomes people in because I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do after that. And and if they're in this place where they feel safe, where they can work and do things that they've learned to do well in our organization, how might, how does that serve the kingdom of God? And so I, I spend a lot of time just thinking about those things. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think you're, that's a great starting point because in some respects, if someone can feel safe, then you free them up for the Holy Spirit to work or to use you and other people. So it, it yeah, it adds to my credibility and people's willingness to come to me for hard things that come along in life. And um, I'm old enough now that one or two people might think I have some wisdom to offer <laughs> here and there until we actually talk, then they might change their mind. But but if, if I've created an atmosphere where people, I just had someone, I, I just ran into a new employee and I said, oh, I'm in human resources. And the employee, the, the manager said, oh, she's the chief. And then she was like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that because you're really approachable. And I was like, that's, that's all I want. <laughs> I want I want people to feel like they can come to me because when life gets hard and it might, yeah. maybe they'll come. Right. Amy, Amy, I love this. And I know this is your heart. Walk me through, though, if you were in a one-on-one -on -one with an employee who was struggling in the gender side of things, and there may be the cultural response of the appropriate stance that Second Harvest Food Bank may have, but then there's also your faith convictions. and um, 
what does that conversation look like? Is there room to share your faith convictions? And, I mean, isn't there the risk of uh, later accusations of discrimination or pressure? Absolutely. Um, it's a very fine line. And um, one of the things will be, one of the factors would be, how well do I know this person? And what are they asking from me? Mm-hmm. If they're asking that they feel that they will, will it be safe here for me? Once I tell people this, well, that's what I need to do is make it safe for them. If they're asking, if I had a coworker come to me last week who is a fellow Christian and wanted to talk to me because we're both Christians, not, it was less about the work and more about being Christians together. So that's a different conversation than someone that I, I know because we work together, but I don't know them well. I will not, I wouldn't tell someone what my faith tells me directly like that. If I, if we don't have a really good relationship and, mm. and if they haven't asked me for that, I, I might not. Sure. I might yeah. not because sure. they're asking me, what's it going to be like here when people find out? And uh, right. I have a, a colleague at another food bank. They've created a policy around pe- for people who are transitioning and how they expect employees to interact with that person. And I mean, it's just, thoughtful and kind. And, and I know, I know people struggle with the, but I have, they have to know that I think it's wrong thing. I don't think I have the, I don't think I can use my power in this workplace Mm -hmm. or to, to deliver that message. And I know that some people might not like to hear that, but I, I don't, I can't abuse the power that I have here for my agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Nate, you have very much an outward-facing group of companies and serving, my goodness, probably tens of thousands of uh, customers a year. Barbecue eaters. Yeah, Sonny's Barbecue. Uh, I live in South Orlando right near one, and it, it, it's, it's a good one. Um, but I'm curious, how do you balance the presentation of the company to employee, I'm sorry, to customers who might not be as comfortable as you've been able to train a staff to be. Can you rephrase, can you ask me that question again? Sure. So for instance, if you have an employee who um, begins the transitioning process Mm. and is uh, there in front of customers who might be uncomfortable with this, how do you walk the line of the law? What we've discussed here about creating a uh, hospitable environment and yet knowing you've got to uh, sell a product in a way, how do you balance that? Oh, yeah. So in the, that's a great question. Unfortunately, I hadn't had one escalate to that point where that sort of decision, you know, where something had something hard had to happen uh, in, in, in response to, to that kind of thing. But I love something Amy said earlier, you know, I, I rather than or, or kind of alluded to is understanding what the what the issues are, what the ask is, you know, and then kind of working through it that way versus just kind of immediately jumping in with, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Case, I'm trying to figure out how to, uh, how to respond to, to that, having it not come up. It sounds like that y'all are trying to kind of steer away from, you can do this and you can't do that. And, sort of nitpick this laundry list, rather treat people with dignity and respect. And if these hard questions come up, 
maybe because of the way you've treated them in the past, there can be different solutions than you would have if there would have just been this handbook that said you can do this and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know, but it seems like y'all are sort of setting a stage um, and an environment that provides you actually greater freedom than another organization that might be more looking to making sure every that we have this list of do's and don'ts, so to speak. I don't know. Maybe that's not right, but. I, I, I am thinking as you're talking, uh, the, the, one of the, the few times this has come up, and this is a neat story. It may not make your cut here, but uh, I'll share it with you because I think it's, I think it's neat. Um, so we had a, a manager hire an hourly team member that was transitioning while the general manager was away. And the general manager, uh, maybe slightly uh, more closed minded, came back from uh, her vacation, saw what had happened, and thought, there's no way this is going to work out in our business. Our, our guests will not, yeah, in case to your, your question, they're not going to do well with this. So we took that pause, um, asked that general manager to, to meet and find out what was going on. We did seek some, some wise counsel. Uh, we, you know, I, I always suggest we do that. And uh, recommended a conversation be had about what was going on with that particular individual at that time. Where were they transitioning to? How can we help? What, what, can, what can we learn about that? So that general manager sat down with that individual, calls me back of, you know, a number of days later and says, it's going to be fine. We're going to be good. This is going to be good. I, I, I've got some awareness. I, I know what's happening in their lives. So it was just a better understanding. And um, we moved on. We moved on and, and I, it didn't come back. So it's so, so cool. Such a great lesson there to uh, just kind of press into that just a little bit and have a little more understanding, a little more heart, um, and a little more open-minded. And um, it worked mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I know, and I, I don't mean to keep bringing up these situations, but I believe our listeners want to hear and see how experts such as yourselves walk through these situations. And to Crossland's point, it, it is so much about wisdom. <laughs> uh, it, the black and white hard rules. In, in fact, Amy, you say your uh, food bank association is coming up with uh, policies and ways to interact with folks. I mean, the do's and don'ts and the hard and black rules aren't always so helpful. But um, another situation, so I worry as a pastor about that one Sunday in which an individual chooses to use a restroom that is not their uh, biological sex. And um, I wonder if in y'all's facilities this has been addressed or understood, not only just from employees, but even customers and guests who are around. Is this something being discussed? Not for us. We haven't talked about it. Um, we happen to have um, individual facilities or, um, you know, women's restrooms, men's restrooms. It has not been an issue at this point. Um, I don't know that we've even had conversation around it at this point. Um, That's interesting that you don't feel an internal pressure to do so. No, not yet. Nate? No, it's it, it certainly has come up. This is where I go back to. We're we're on alert for it, understanding we may uh, may have to 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 be prepared to to get into that at some point soon, but haven't officially. Uh, so the same with us. Yeah, I I would say again we have a, we surveyed our employees recently about some other things, and one of the things they said was the welcoming environment. That's 
that's what makes people feel good about being here is this welcoming environment. So I have a feeling if it came up, we would figure out a welcoming way to address it. Mm, mm, mm. Nate, you started out by saying in the beginning that, you know, it was so important to stay close to the Lord. And I would just ask for both of y'all, if you could speak to the importance of keeping your own heart and growing spiritually as you find yourselves wanting to maintain the types of cultures that we've talked about, uh, wanting to help people flourish, bring it about that, um, but know that you will also engage in difficult conversations um, in working environments where the answers are not always clear. Amy, can I take this one first? Because I, I think yeah, you said something please. earlier, and I wanted to give you props for the uh, Flourish content <laughs> that you had put together some time ago, and you had shared with me, and had the privilege of seeing that. And, and you made me, it was really eye-opening for me as an HR professional. I'll kind of speak to that first, that, um, that part of that content was us using our influence for good. And I, I, that really resonated with me, because up until that point, I had been about... Um, uh, merit and credibility as an HR pro. And, and I just, I so appreciated that lesson that you gave me for that. And, um, and now that I'm responsible, I, I may be on the back, back end of my career as well. And, and now it's my responsibility to pour into to some others and, and have them see it that way as well. So uh, there's an exalting uh, message there. But um, I think for me, getting back to the question is more perspective and alignment, uh, understanding though, and we talk about this, in our, our orientations is that we live in a fallen world and I'm as broken as the next person. And, and uh, so just keeping that alignment. If, if I'm not spiritually fit, um, and that needs to happen through through Bible, through prayer, and through a relationship with Jesus. If I'm not spiritually fit, I can, I'm not fit to go help someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not equipped to help someone else and, and um, uh, or at least participate in, in that, uh, that, that response that we have, the, the, the myriad of things we get every day in our office. So um, I think that's, and then rowing in unity with, with people like Amy and, and others that uh, will, will kind of keep, keep me in the, uh, in the guardrails. Paul Flynn, can you ask the question one more time just so I make sure I answer it correctly? Well, just if you would just talk about what's the importance of sort of keeping your own heart, you know, keeping yourself right with the Lord, because you are going to be in difficult conversations. You're, um, you know, the work environment is not the easiest right now. Um, and there aren't always clear-cut answers. And so how important it is for your spiritual life to be vibrant um, sure. in the work yeah. that you do. Yes, thank you for repeating that. So uh, Nate gave me some props for the, uh, the idea of using your power and influence for good. And I, you know, Nate, or Casey, Nate, you probably don't know that Case helped me work through that because that project came from one more plug for Gotham Fellowship. That's where that project <laughs> Come on. started. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the things that's coming to my mind is for the longest time, I felt like I was sort of coming at all the issues that can come along out of fear. Like, what do I do? If they, what do I do if I get asked this question? What do I do if this happens? And it was sort of a fear of, I'm not going to know how to handle this. And, um, I mean, I truly, I had something happen when I was at Cirque du Soleil that I, I uh, if you can appreciate that it was a circus, I sat in a room where something was happening and I said, Jesus does not need my help if he wants to get into the circus because 
they they brought in a speaker who was a, a believer and he was quoting scripture to people who probably never heard it before. And I was like, he doesn't need my help. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's not dependent on me. He certainly puts me in places that he wants me to do things. But um, I do think just coming to understand how deeply he cares about his creation mm-hmm. and that's his people and, and the actual world that he created, how much he loves us and um i'm i'm lately in particular i've just been trying to lean into that of how loved we are and it's my my sin actually draws him closer to me it does not repel him it brings him closer to me and if that's the case for me how much more so for all of his creation he he loves us so deeply and so um yeah i just i try to lean into that love so that I can express love to people. And, and again, somebody's made me feel safe along the way. Jesus has made me feel safe, right? So how can I make people feel safe? And, and none of us are, are living as rightly as we will someday. So how do I, how do I just lean into loving people really, really well and creating a place for them to feel safe, whether, whether or not I agree with I was just going to say, I just think it's really helpful for people to hear that so that um, it just reiterates that our faith does not need to be siloed off to Sundays or a particular time that there is real relevance to the work that we do every single day. In y'all's work, it may be a little bit easier to see, but um, those are, that's, gr- that's great insight from both of y'all. Well, this is a bit off topic, but Nate, I'd love for our listeners to hear uh, briefly what you mean by your team chaplain program. I know more and more businesses are doing this, and it impacts your company culture. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one of our partners uh, was having lunch with his his pastor one day, and and uh, the pastor simply said, "You know, how can I pray for you?" And he, he said, "Hey, you pray pray for my my people and my business." And and uh, this idea was was spawned and and um, yeah, so they, we we just tell them go in and eat barbecue and love people. You know, that's it. You know, that's all we ask. That's like my kind of job. Yeah, right. Where do we apply? <laughs> yeah, sign me up. Right? And it pays six figures. Come on. Yes. Well, they're not paid. They're, they they we just feed yeah, them anytime they come in, uh, but they're not paid at all. Um, so they're all they're all doing this uh, out of their hearts, and and uh, they go through. So that pastor is now our director of team chaplains and. And uh, so he goes out and recruits for us and it, it's a, you know, three, four or five month process, but, you know, he'll sit down with someone who's interested and, and uh, yeah, it's just really a cool thing. And, and they, they roll up some reporting on not specifics, but they, they you, know, the, you know, the way they're able to connect with, with team members. And um, so we see those sort of masked, you know, we get this report back that I've been able to connect with this many people and do this sort of thing. And so we kind of see the impact they're making without seeing the specifics, which is really, really neat. Well, more and more companies are doing this and it's, a way to demonstrate we really do care about you as a person. And when we are a stronger family, sure, the bottom line is blessed by that. But there's more than just one kind of profit out of this company. There's more than just the monetary profit, but there's the people profit and the customer profit. So um, fantastic. Well, Amy, Nate, thank you so much for being here. I believe you've helped give us a, a landscape for some of the realities in our workplaces and some of the gender debate issues that are or are not happening and 
my biggest takeaway is just wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And some of the black and white rules don't always apply. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you. A reflection from Psalm 8. What is mankind that you, God, are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made humans rulers over the works of your hands. You have put everything under their feet. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Help us spread the word about nuance. Please like the episode subscribe to our podcast, and share our link so others can engage. Nuance is a production of The Collaborative and is made possible by the Eleanor and T.W. Miller Foundation. On behalf of Case Thorpe and myself, thank you for joining the conversation.